I work in the spirits industry and within the spirits industry, I work in venture capital. So I am currently in the agricultural sector, but then within that agricultural sector, I'm in uh, insect farming. Uh, And we are back. This is episode five. We've made it, five episodes. I think it's a bit of a landmark. What do you think, Namish? Five episodes in, we've, we've hit the first more. milestone. We have, we have. And uh, I think we knew we'd get to this stage, but we didn't as well, if that makes any sense. So Yeah, it was, it, was, it was always like... It's weird because it's just like we we're just messaging late at night once and we're like, oh, let's mm. do a podcast. Yeah. And then in my head, I was like, are we actually actually going to do that? Like, we, we, I, we spoke about the stuff like this before. We were like, oh, yeah, mm. that would be really cool. We could do that. And then I think once we talked, like in lockdown, we talked about like doing like running vlogs and posting them on YouTube. And then we never really did it. Um, but now here we are, episode five. Namish is not in Nairobi. He's not in Arusha. He is in another city. Where are you dialing in from today, Mr. Mr. Man of Mystery? I am in Dar es Salaam, which is not the capital of Tanzania, um, but is the biggest city in Tanzania. Yeah, it's uh, came here on Monday, so I've been here for just about a week. Absolutely loving it. Um, everyone keeps asking me why I'm here on holiday, but I'm not here on holiday. I'm here for work with a bit of holidaying on the side. So, um, yeah. So I mean, it looks it looks good. He just showed yeah. me his view, and it does look very nice. That's one thing. Like we're we're already tangenting here, but um, like you know when you hear in like Western media or like see pictures of Africa, and then it's just like then you look out the window and you're like, oh, have they even been to like? And even like pictures of Africa, like Africa is a massive continent. Like that's like saying pictures of Europe. Like, like there are so many different parts of Europe, like London and like even Paris look different, right? So like you can't have pictures of Africa, but you you know what I'm referring to. Um, but yeah, I can vouch that it does look very good. That's good. Yeah. No, I was I was just telling Chris that I could fully consider moving here. So it's uh yeah really cool city very nice crowd um yeah and there's there's actually quite a bit to do which i i was not expecting mm. to be honest but um yeah and uh krish is yeah well he was yeah you were in london on the last episode so you're still in london I yeah think. i was yeah i when when did we last record i'm trying to think last, like last week, week. Well, midweek or something last week. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I went to I went to Bristol for a few days, um, to see my my sister and like brother in law and niece. It was her first birthday, so that was quite nice. Um, and then yeah, I've had my first week back at work. Sorry. What did you say? Oh yeah, happy birthday, Ara. Happy birthday, Ara. Um, but yeah, it was. First week back at work, which is interesting, um, and the weekend is here. It's actually it's getting colder in London, so bring your jacket when you come back from Tanzania slash Kenya because it's not going to be warm. I can tell you that for free. 
It's getting cold. It's definitely stuff. getting cold. I think I, yeah, I I was thinking about that. I think I've missed the best time to be in the UK out of the whole year. Mm. So. Anyway. Best and worst. Yeah. Because yeah, it was hot, it. but like, mm. it's, the UK is not built for that. equipped for hot weather. Like, no air-conditioned buildings, mm. buildings built to retain heat. So it's like, when it's super hot, it's actually quite unpleasant. But anyway, we can't complain. What are we talking about today, sir? So, we've actually got an interesting lineup. So, I guess, well, this episode is uh, one of the more, I guess, uh, serious episodes that we're doing. Um, so we're going to be focusing on careers. Um, it's a very broad topic, but we'll, we'll probably just make it quite tailored, um, at least to us, because we're the ones you know, conducting this episode. But uh, we're also just going to do a recap at the end, because this is the final episode of this maiden series of ours and we'll also give a little bit of an insight into what you guys can expect for the following season so yeah i guess we'll um we'll probably kick off with with careers and then uh go forward with that so i guess without further ado again thank you all for uh tuning in to the yes multi-million people that doesn't even make sense we're, 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 we we are close to signing that KFC sponsorship deal so yes oh, sorry know. that's why I was saying multi-million because I was thinking multi-million dollar deal so. yeah we are we are close um so so everyone like you know strap in because <laughs> free fried chicken is on the way mm-hmm. yeah sounds uh yeah, sounds like exciting times ahead especially for us <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll I'll ask the first question or like kick off the first topic with you, Krish. Um, I like we've spoken about this in the first episode, which is about us. But what mm-hmm. do you do? Like, I I think we can go into a bit more detail. Um, no, yeah, definitely. That'd be cool too. So I'll I'll start from the top, and then we will we will work our way down. So I I work in the spirits industry. And within the spirits industry, I work in venture capital. And within venture capital, I am an investor. So basically what that means is, is that my job is to invest in, found, not with my own money. I, the company I work for is funded by another company and we invest in early stage drinks founders and then become I actually work for an accelerator so as well as doing that venture investing we also do acceleration so we provide uh, founders with capital and then we also provide them with support to help them build their drinks brand um, and we do exclusively uh, alcoholic and non-alcoholic spirits um, so that that's what I do and I do it in London but the job, I'm quite fortunate in, in the fact that the job allows me to travel. So uh, I've been to Barcelona with work. Where else have I been? Where else have I been? I'm going back to Barcelona. I'm going to Paris. When I went to Finland, I actually managed to see a brand out there too, which was good. Uh, what else have I done? I might be going to Berlin um, and... Next year, who knows, I could be headed to Japan. But that's all to see distilleries and speak to drinks founders. 
um, and go to events and stuff like that. So, so yeah, that that's what I do. What about you, Mister Mister Man of the World? Well, yeah, that that sounds like. I mean, to be fair, I know what you do, but it's cool to hear where you might be going um, for traveling. So, very cool stuff. But yeah, mine's not as uh, mine's not as sophisticated as yours, but maybe a little more exotic or niche. Um, I don't know how to explain, but yeah. So I am currently in the agricultural sector, but then within that agricultural sector, I'm in uh, insect farming, uh, which is still a very niche industry. Uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of money in it, but not a lot of attention on it at the moment. So what does my company do? Well, uh, it's a startup. So right now, I mean, yeah, very small. We're still we're still on grant funding and and uh, yeah, get, getting our capital through that. But <clears throat> we basically work with Black Soldier Flies, uh, aka BSF, which is what everyone calls it in the industry. And what we do with uh, the BSF is obviously cultivate them, grow them, and then you know. What we really are doing right now is obviously getting them to mate, lay their eggs, eggs hatch, turn into larvae, and then we actually grow that larvae with like organic waste um, and then sell that larvae off to like chicken, chicken, pig, fish farmers um, as like a very sustainable source of animal protein. So, um, yeah, our company is very focused on sustainability because what we're feeding our bugs is all waste that would otherwise go to a dump. So we're taking waste out of the system and essentially turning into protein. And um, yeah, and then I guess within the company, I'm doing operations and, and, and a bit of data work. So yeah, something very interesting. Uh, but being a startup, uh, I am doing more or less everything else that comes under 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 the startups activities and operations, which is pretty cool. So tiny bit of marketing, which I'm not going to lie, I did not thoroughly enjoy. I find it very monotonous um which is at the start whoa, is cool whoa, uh, what, what are you trying to say about the millions of listeners that are marketers here what, what are you trying to say you're trying to say that they have a boring job because i give you all credit that's... for uh for enjoying <laughs> that job <laughs> yeah god that was a quick save <laughs> but um yeah and yeah i guess my travel isn't as far reached as Christian's, but I, I do get the opportunity to travel, which is epic and I love it. I, so, I disagree um, because I, I have never traveled. I have never traveled to Kenya or Tanzania for my job, which you are doing. So, basically, Namish is far too humble. Namish has a really cool job and he's really underselling himself here. Um, but I will let him carry on. But I'm just his fan, you know. So to be fair, okay, yeah, I think it works in two ways. Up. Like, I guess because you're in Europe, a lot of your travel is Europe-based, but then obviously you, you get the opportunity to go to Tokyo and yeah, uh, other yeah. places further afield. But then I guess with mine, it's very localized within the East Africa region, which, don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, so yeah, I guess it's yeah, two, yeah, yeah. two ends of, the, of the, the knife. I don't know what that thing is. But yeah, so I mean, I've got spectrum. to travel to... Yeah, Spectrum. That's it. <laughs> there we go. Um, you, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, with a job, I've I've got to I've been able to travel to Arusha and all that for three months, which was amazing. First time I've been there. Um, I was in Nairobi for two months, which was cool, just to be home and just I guess getting on with work there. And then 
I'm now in Dar es Salaam, which is probably the best time I've had this whole year. So definitely enjoying it out here. Very cool city. So I'd recommend anyone to come and check it out. I think it's definitely, uh, yeah, undersold by by many people. And yeah, so I'm here. I'm here for like ten days, and then I go back to Russia for another two and a half weeks to finish off my contract and then back to the UK. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, so that's essentially what I do. Um, a lot of fun work. I've met some really cool people. I think that's, you probably have the same opinion, but when you work, when you travel with work, like you, I mean, even when you travel, like you meet some really cool people. So I, I guess that's mm-hmm. like a really big bonus because then, you know, some of those people turn out to be very, good friends lifelong friends and then you've got mm. you know people that you know in weird yeah, parts yeah, of the world. So if you ever want to travel then you've got you've got a base kind of thing so yeah that that's that's uh, that's about me um so yeah well i guess we can uh move on to i guess the next uh, topic of conversation so i guess now you guys know what we do at the moment um I think it'd be cool to talk about like how we've got into our well, our respective roles and like industries. Mm. I think a lot of people like undervalue how many different routes you can take to get into. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no. Uh, again, Chris, you can kick us off because I think you've got an interesting. Yeah, I, I well, you say inter- I, I, it is interesting, but it's also fairly uninteresting at the same time because it's like so for anybody listening that wants to get into venture capital or kind of has heard about venture capital is typically quite a uh like the barriers to entry are quite high um the roles that are super competitive and it's like thousand into one kind of that's like the ratio of applicants to like roles available um and i was quite lucky so we at bath we do placement years um and i i wasn't really sure what i wanted to do immediately but i knew like long term i really wanted to go into like investing but i was like this is never gonna happen for me like uh, i think we're 19 years old um so what i had to do was apply for like um like to big corporates like disney i think i applied to i applied to loads of companies and i just didn't get i kept getting rejected for one reason or another and i think one of the reasons was because i don't i'm not very good at like the typical application process which is like psychometric tests and then like assessment centers and stuff like i'm quite uh, I, I'm, I'd say I'm a pretty stubborn individual in some ways and like stuff like that. I just, I find it really hard to engage with because I think a lot of it is pretty pointless and has nothing to do with like the role or it doesn't quite align with my personal ambitions in terms of like career trajectory because it's like two year grad scheme and then like, you know, you just kind of work your way up the chain, um, which you actually wrote about, didn't you, in your, in your, uh, blog the other day um definitely go read that after this we will plug that at the end um but like 
long story short, it got to like June, July. I was like, I still don't have a bloody placement. Like, what am I going to do? I'm, am I just going to have to come back to uni in September or October? And then I was just on LinkedIn um, and I saw this job at a venture capital company. Um, it was the life science and deep tech VC, um, like one of the biggest investors in terms of check size and some of the companies they've backed um, in in the UK. Um, but it wasn't an investment role. It was like a portfolio analyst role with like the opportunity to get involved with investments if like you kind of do well and stuff. Um, so, I, and then the application process was a lot more aligned to what I wanted. It was like, why are you applying for this role? What companies are you interested in? What sectors are you interested in? Um, what like um, companies in our portfolio do you think have promise and stuff like that? So it was like, I wasn't doing like any tests. It was just like, that was the first stage. And then there were like a couple of interviews and that was it. Um, I, I got the role, um, which, and although I have said at the start, like there, it's usually like thousands into one. The weird thing about that application process was I always felt like I was the only one in it, um, which was, actually wasn't true. Cause even for my final interview, my boss told me like, whilst like after he was like, oh, there were like eight into one in that last round. And I was like, really? I was like, I just felt like I'd got the job even as I walked in. Um, probably testament to my being a little arrogant shit. Um, but he was like, no, like there were, there were other candidates. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, it, I just felt like I already had the job. Like, I, I was going to be shocked if you didn't offer it to me. <laughs> I said that to him and he just started laughing. Um, so yeah, that was my first role. Um, and I learned a lot about kind of like the basics of investment management and things like that and then I got more involved in like some modeling stuff and it was really interesting then I came back to uni and I was like I want to do this and I want to keep doing it and the way for anybody getting into who wants to get into venture capital the way to get into it is just like like keep talking to people keep looking for roles um do some like small angel investing on the side through like crowdcube or cedars or whatever the equivalent is in, in wherever you are. Um, and just like keep engaging with founders and like the industry and whatever's out there. So over the summer, uh, well, it was actually, whilst I was still at, on my placement, I did a, like a program. Um, it was meant to be like an in-person VC internship, but because of COVID, it just turned into this like online course. Um, and I, it was like loads of master classes and like investors from different funds in London would talk and like you'd be able to like engage with them and like connect with them or whatever. Um, and my mentor on that program, she's an investor, to, um, funnily enough, at another life science VC in London. And we, we became like really good friends and sort of she gave me a lot of good advice. Um, and then she said, there's this fund that you can work at whilst you're at university where you're investing in um, sort of university startups. So startups that had been founded by like academics, current students or recent graduates. Um, she was like, you should apply. You like you you've already got like your placement year. You've done this like eight week course thing like you you've got a good shot shot at getting it um 
And I was like, oh, do I want to do this? It's my final year of uni. And at this point, I was like, oh, like, do I want to get a first and what's really important to me long term? Then I had like a serious think about it. And I was like, I know I can get a 2-1 off doing not a lot of work. And this is an opportunity that like will open so many doors for me post uni. Um, So I applied for the job. I got it. And I wasn't actually as sure about like whether I'd get it or not. Because I was like, well, this is like pretty competitive. I think at the time it was like a 2 million fund. It was called Creative Fund. Um, And it was super interesting. Um, I pretty much worked my ass off in that job for like a year as well we were living together um so that was really interesting i was basically leading the strategy at bath um and that was really fun um and then i what did i do after that oh so the company i'm at now i work with my brother-in-law and he was looking for somebody for ages for an investment role and he asked me like like in like January of 2021 like oh would you consider applying and I was like no like I don't want to work with you that's just weird and then he was like okay fine and then a couple of months later like we were just catching up and I was like oh like you know you mentioned that thing like a while ago like how, how how's your search going and he was like we can't find anyone um like I think you'd be good for the role do you want to apply and I was like no like still like because it would just be awkward and like, I just didn't want to do that. Um, and then I thought about it, and then in April I was like, "Hmm, this could be quite interesting. Do you want to like? Can I apply?" And he was like, "Yeah." He was like, "I wouldn't be able to be involved like with the process because it's just a conflict. So like, I'll remove myself and you can apply." And then I got the job, and now I do. That's why where I am now at the Spirits Accelerator, um, which is super interesting. Um, but it's 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 not the typical route into VC. Like typically, you either found your own company, have a successful exit, and then like join a fund at a very senior level, or you go into banking or consulting, and then kind of take a massive pay cut to get into a VC fund. Um, so I've been quite lucky in that. This is basically what I've done since I was like. 19 um so so yeah that that's a long journey over like three four years now i think i'm doing it um but yeah super interesting so so that that's my journey very cool yeah no it's uh it's like you said you can take so many different routes it just depends like which one i still remember though when you were waiting for your to get a placement you're like yeah screw it i yeah. might need to look for accommodation just for final year because i might not do a placement year so like because it takes yeah that process just takes so long mm. like and it, i feel sorry for people now that have to do it because mm. like yeah it's more and more competitive and yeah. it's like yeah, it sounds really not... bad but the only the only reason i wanted you to really get a placement was so i could live with you in final year that's all yeah, I, 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 I remember you saying <laughs> i remember you saying um, then you would have ended up with kieran who's our other friend and then yeah that mm. would have been fun but yeah you would have been missed it all works out so it it works out, out. exactly like i i think um i mean things happen or don't happen for a reason so mm. 
led you to where you are now. So, yeah, don't don't ever pass something off, even if it's yeah. And and just final. if you want to do something, just follow. Yeah, you just have to go for it. Like I was talking to someone the other day, and she's basically she's dropped out of uni to like pursue like her, this job, job, crypto job, and before she did it she asked me like what do you think i should do and i was like what have you got to lose i i i I she hasn't dropped out she's like deferred a year or whatever um and i was like if you're going to do something like that this is the best time to do it um i think you're of a similar mindset right how did you get into your current role this is a very interesting journey yeah it was quite cool um so i think like i mentioned in the first episode i'm on like a year out between my my undergrad and my master's so I started off in consulting for like 10 11 10 I think it was 11 months which is a bit crazy but maybe 10 months um but yeah so I was I was in I was doing that working on that long project it was just a single project I was working on which was super fun um we we're working with the government in Africa uh uh which was very insightful and I I wanted to do consulting within sub-saharan Africa so it ticked every box I had but yeah, and then, like in the last two months of my contract, one of my friends called me, and he's like, "Yeah, well, what are you, what are you getting up to for the rest of your like year out? Because you, I mean, I told him like a few weeks back, like I, I'm not gonna extend my contract with them. So then we're we're talking, and he's like, "Yeah, so what do you want to do? I was like, I mean, I know I want to do agriculture, but I mean, I I don't have experience in it, so I'm not too sure how to how to go down that route. And then, luckily, one of his old bosses, um started up the startup that I'm now working for so he said yeah let me let me speak to him and, and see if there's any opportunities and I think this is the best this is why I love working for startups because I've, I've I've worked for startups for most of my in terms of if I look at my experience it's mostly been with startups but I think the best thing about them is if you show enough um desire then the role can be created if there's like a synergy between you and the and the firm so yeah I hopped on a few calls with with my now boss um and it was I mean it was it was a long process because there were a lot of maybes literally two weeks before I was meant to sign the contract it was like the whole point of me being hired was dependent on us getting a grant which we wouldn't know like until a weekend before I would have to start the role so it was a yeah very tedious and a bit stressful but then yeah ended up getting the job uh through my network which is weird and not even through a professional like uh contact it's like a a old school friend um so yeah and I I mean the same happened with my consulting contract it wasn't through a friend but it was just a cold email I sent to the firm the the only legit looking like uh African-based consulting firm that I could find and then had a few interviews I'm not gonna lie, pay wasn't great, but I mean the experience was pretty epic. Uh, I just wish I got to travel, but then COVID rule was um yeah also about so can't complain about that. But that's how I got the current role, and um yeah I think it was quite cool just obviously talking to to my boss before we had signed anything and creating a role for me. So it was I mean it, it was two things. It's like what can I well three things. What can I bring? What do I want to learn, and what does the company need at the moment? So, there were it, it was about putting all these different, you know, 
possible roles, responsibilities, tasks on the table, and then coming up with with something that we were both aligned with, uh, which was a pretty cool process. I haven't done that before. Um, and then you start fleshing out a lot of your other experiences, which you have maybe forgotten to put on your CV or didn't like value enough uh, when you were actually doing it. So, uh, yeah, that that was a that was a very fun and um, it was a hard process because when it came to the you know the questions of what do you want to learn, it's like well. I don't really know because I've never worked in the industry, but all I know is I want to work in the industry. So, um, mm. yeah. So then I guess from there, he's like, okay, try and be specific. And he sort of gave me a week to read up on the industry a bit further. Um, and I, I, I'll, I'll say from that that like, I, I love what I do, but I, I think insect farming is a very challenging space. And what I've learned is when you're in agriculture, especially anything that's, living i.e. an animal not 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 plants per se but animals bugs it's causes so many issues in in the i guess Mm. operations because i mean they they genuinely have a mind of their own you can't control them at Mm. at least with plants you know that you've got to give them a fixed set of i guess whatever like water nutrients sunlight the whole lot and um with bugs it's uh yeah, it's a very challenging process. And I, I think also, like I mentioned, the industry is so niche and new that there's limited research into like what the best method is. And mm. like for the startup I'm working for now, their method is like completely novel. Like a lot of companies in, in the BSF industry are like very centralized. They have one factory or one, <clears throat> I guess, uh, yeah, HU, whatever you want to call it. Whereas we are very decentralized. So, you know, it, it's the whole idea of, you know, last mile delivery. We want to be close to each respective market. So that's why, well, the first farm opened in Arusha, which is why I was there. And I'm now in Dar because they just opened another farm here. And then they're opening one in Nairobi. And so, yeah, in, in that sense, it, it's challenging as well being like in in, in the management of this company to, to have oversight of all these different farms in different locations um which is another reason why they wanted me to work on data so we can you know start collecting and collating Mm. all this data so it's easy like let's say for one of the founders to just open open up his laptop and see exactly what's going on on each farm so it's um the data stuff i've done before but like some of so i'm also creating an app which is it's a no code app so it's, it's more just about logic but even that's been fun but like a pain in the ass because <laughs> it's uh yeah just like bugs and bugs and I now see why software engineers get paid a lot of money because yeah. yeah it's it's not easy and I'm not even doing really any coding so um mm. but yeah that, that's how I got my um my role and I think it was to be fair I did I I I had a contract extension offer from the consulting firm and then I also did some work with a vertical farming startup who had a contract for me after I'd signed this current one but it it was more like obviously if you have the choice which is always ideal it's like pick the one that you will regret least even even if it's like slightly lower pay or or something I I think it depends on what your situation is and what you're really trying to get out of it because I think the best thing for me this year is I've had I've been doing things without strings attached, if that makes any sense. Like I've had a lot of flexibility in terms of 
Mm. Obviously, while I'm on contract, I'm on contract. But I know that once that yeah, contract yeah. ends, then I'm free to do whatever I want, which is a nice feeling. Um, but then also, like, this was a year out. It wasn't, like, a, a start of a, mm. a proper career kind of thing, if that makes sense. So mm. it worked out quite well. Um, it let me travel, um, see new places, meet new people, try something new. So, yeah, uh, that's how I got my current role. Do you think, so, yeah. do you think the stuff, because you haven't spoken about, like, pre-graduating, but do you think oh, yeah. the jobs you did before that, do you think they, like, not helped confirm what you wanted to do, but they helped confirm what you didn't exactly, want to do? Exactly, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. sorry, I completely forgot to, like, talk about all of that stuff. But, yeah, so, I mean, for my placement year, I mean, my placement year was my first proper year of experience. Like, I've done internships, but they, mm-hmm. they didn't give me much. It's, like, you're sitting behind a desk just... stuff on a laptop which isn't very fruitful but uh yeah so i started so i had a weird placement yeah i i did two placements so half half a year each so i started off with bmw um well the mini cooper uh branch and that was obviously manufacturing but i was in the logistics and accounts department um which was fun but yeah i i now know that that's definitely something i don't want to do i don't i can't go into manufacturing like it, it's too monotonous there's like mm-hmm. you know it, it felt like you i mean it didn't feel like it was i was actually doing it every day you come in and do the exact same task and because everything's so automated like you might get one issue a week which will slightly change up your your schedule um yeah i had a great team uh but yeah, i just definitely didn't enjoy didn't enjoy working there then the second half of my placement year was with uh, with a startup, um, and they were actually work well Swedish startup, but um, most of their operations were in like sub-Saharan Africa. So that that was really cool, and I I think I've tailored a lot of my experiences since then to working in sub-Saharan Africa or having exposure to to the markets there. So that was cool. That was with a. Uh, they were basically creating water purification modules. So, you know, modules that you can plug into the ocean, borehole, anything, and get clean water out of it. So very interesting. Uh, I was working within strategy. And that's when I also got a taste for strategy as well. Because I strategy and growth and all of that, I think it's, yeah, it's very exciting. Especially when you're in a startup, because that's one of the biggest, I guess, uh, I guess, uh, topics of conversation or ambitions of any startup is like how do we grow and like what strategy do we take um so that was cool and then yeah after that came back for final year and I did a similar thing to Chris so not in venture capital but within consulting so um there's a organization called 180 degrees consulting it's a student-led organization and they have branches at selected universities around the world and to start a branch, someone needs to instigate it at that respective university. So, um, yeah, I started off as a consultant on um, on a project, and it was a it was a I'd say it was a cool project. We were working with uh, a charity that were trying to get uh, egg incubators into the Kenyan market, which was like which is super cool. Like that, that was fun. Um, but then the second project was even like was amazing. So we were consulting for 
um, uh, I guess, agricultural firm based out of, well, they're across East Africa, but we're working with their Rwanda team and they basically offer or supply agricultural inputs like seeds, fertilizer, et cetera, to like smallholder farmers, um, which is a very, very cool project. Um, and I'm like, yeah, still in touch with a lot of the guys I, I worked with on that project. Um, I think it just shows that, I think if you can keep in touch with people that you've worked with, um, it shows that there's, yeah, you definitely enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, and then I think that's what told me I I enjoyed agriculture, but I also enjoyed consulting. So it, it was more like, okay, um, now I'm done here. Like, what do I exactly want to do? Um, and I did apply for a lot of few grad roles, um, didn't get any, which is probably a blessing in disguise because... Um, I was yeah, going to say, I, I think yeah. so too. Yeah, because I yeah, it's hard to get this kind of flexibility um once you get older obviously you have the choice but it's once you're stuck in the cycle it's very hard to you know get out of mm. it kind of thing um so yeah and then i knew i wanted to do yeah to work within sub-saharan africa where i didn't know um so yeah that's why i started off with the consulting um and then i was like okay consulting is great but i don't know if it's for me like it's just, I don't know, I, I can't put my finger on what it was with consulting. There wasn't enough excitement from it. There wasn't any knowledge. Well, I, I have a theory. I have yep. a theory on this. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt, but I have a theory that you're more of a, like an operator. Yes. Yeah, I think I realized like, Because I, I think when you're working with with startups from the outside, it's it is really fun. But a lot of people just want to be on on the inside, just doing rather than like advising and like supporting. Um, which is a lot of what I do is like 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 I'm still with like Creator Fund, which is where I was at uni. I think I'm still in touch with like pretty much like everyone there um, in one way or another, and like the the deal. I, I did whilst I was there. I like went down there a few weeks ago. We had like a three hour session with with the team. And I really enjoyed that. That I was like, I don't know if I'd want to work in that environment right now. Like I think it has you have to be pretty like in love with the industry, which is what you are with like ag- agrotech and stuff like that. Like I've never seen someone known someone to be so passionate about insects in my life. And you know, he just waxes lyrical. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think you're more of an operator, which is interesting. But I think it's weird. We're both pretty in tune with and focused in terms of we have a really good idea about what we want to do, which is pretty fortunate considering that we're so young. Um, so yeah, I think it's really good. Mm. But I think yeah, it's yeah, it needs. You need a level of maturity to at least know what you don't want to do, which I reckon we yeah. both and and trial and error as well. Yeah, exactly. I, actually, yeah. I went to um, like a Kraft Heinz assessment center because um, I it was like after my placement, and I was like, let me just see if I want to be in this environment. And I think I left like through like at one point during the day because I was like, they asked me if fucking stupid question they were like um how many how many windows do you think there are 
in this building. And I was like, I literally looked at them and I was like, that is a stupid question. Um, Welcome to consulting, mate. That's I've had yeah, and they, like the theory, the, the theories behind questions like that are like, oh, they want to know how you think, and it's like, well, you could give like a facetious answer and be like, well, the building has four sides, so I know that there are at least four windows, and then it's like, or you could go into loads of detail and be like, what are you mm. classifying as a window? If it doesn't open, is that a window, or is that just like a glass wall? Do you know what I mean? Like it's just like stupid shit like that. Yeah, it was and, it was mental. Like, sorry, yeah, carry on. And then, like, it's like, do you want to go into the detail of, like, okay, well, like, you know, one window is this by this, and, like, the building is this shape, so then, like, if you work out the surface area of one side and then times it by four and then divide, like, do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, get in the bin, like, literally go away. And then the group tasks are always hilarious because it's, like, a load of people that kind of, everyone's really young and slightly unsure of themselves, and it's, like, you know, this is potentially like the first assessment center that a lot of people are doing mm. and they still treat it like school. So they're like, I will be the timekeeper. And like, I will yeah. put my phone right in the middle of the table and make sure that everyone can see that I am being organized with time, but I will not actually contribute to anything and add anything of substance. But because I have this one trait, I think that this means that I'll be good at the job. It's like, oh my yeah, because I like I I got to the final stage of uh you you know about this, but like I got to the final stage of a consulting, well well assessment center, but with a consulting firm, um, and like I mean the role looked pretty cool, but like I didn't get past it, like I didn't get the offer, and it's the exact same thing. I hate look a group task should never be run like that, like. The same yeah. thing happened, except it was all online for us. So we all rocked yeah, that up. That makes it even harder, right? Because yeah. you're and, like on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think for me, it was like everyone's being egotistic. Um, they're just yeah. chatting a lot of shit because that's definitely not what they're like in person. Maybe yeah, a few of yeah, them would yeah. have actually been like that, but you can just see when someone forces it and. Yeah, yeah. I, I think after I don't think I applied to anything after that. I think I just got so fed up. I was like, yeah, I think I need to really reconsider yeah. what I'm applying to. And didn't um, they, that particular one, they gave you like one day's notice or something? Is that the same? Yeah, it was. Uh, no, yeah, no, no, no. I, uh, no, is that a different one? No. Do you remember, there was I, one where you got like a day's oh, yeah. notice for it. I can't it remember. And I, yeah, yeah. I can't remember means I don't, yeah, means they can go up. I read, um, I read an article about assessment centers hmm. um and i've also i've read a really good book called surrounded by idiots which is okay. it's it's basically explaining like different personality types in the workplace and outside of the workplace and okay. why people are the way they are and like you might think someone's an idiot but actually you know it's it's not that they're a complete moron it's just that they have very different way of communicating and like oh. through different experiences and stuff and like actually there are like compatible sets of those personality groups but in assessment centers you don't I feel like the assessors uh do not look at it that way and like you can like one of our friends he's super quiet and super shy he's become less shy like recently but he is very shy and like he at an assessment center i think he, now he's found like an industry that he's super passionate about but like at an assessment center 
like a couple of years ago, I could imagine a situation where he would have a lot to say, but just like not want to say it. And then everyone would think he's just like, like a doormat. But in fact, he's just, his, his, the way he, he was back then would mean that he's just never going to stand out in that setting. Um, which is why I think those hiring processes are just stupid. It's the same with personality tests, like psychometric tests. I'm like, they're a lot of, they're just a load of bollocks. Like it's just like, and one thing I've realized with them, you can, you can do one and think you, you screwed it up and you will pass. And you can do another yeah, one yeah. and think you've answered everything bang on and failed. So, yeah, I, I think the whole recruitment, uh, I guess, methodology is really messed up. It, it, it's like I, I was listening to something about the whole education system right now. Like, it's not mm. built to make, it's built to make people follow instructions, not to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, think with their own minds, which is why I probably hated that, uh, that, manufacturing role because it's like yeah here's what you do you don't get to suggest anything other than yeah yeah what we told you to do so well that well that's like in the uk um there's this whole uh thing about like why in uk universities there are far fewer successful founders compared to the us and it's like in the uk the university system is so esoteric and like you can't actually like if you're studying computer science you're studying computer science and like you're going very deep into computer science if you're at university and if you're doing like physics or whatever you're just going very deep into that one thing whereas like in the us it's a lot more sort of um like you do a bit of computer science in a bit of business and a bit of this and a bit of that so like you have like your core thing, but then you're also like tagging on like other stuff mm. to your so degree. That's you you become I'm... a lot more well-rounded. And that's mm-hmm. why like, you know, like obviously in in their own right, there's like incredible founders and super bright individuals, but people like Zuckerberg were able to found like Facebook and go and raise money mm. like pretty quickly, pretty like easily. Obviously he had a great idea and like everything else with it, but like, the environment encourages enterprise. Whereas like in the UK, it's like, no, we want academics, read these journals, go really deep into something. If you're mm-hmm. studying politics, you're not studying business. Yeah, you're just studying definitely. politics. And it's like, uh, is that actually mm-hmm. like kind of how you're going to build like the next generation of like, like the workforce, right? It's like, yeah. No, for you sure. Can see why it's, it's very. But, but it, it yeah, it's funny you mention that because I when I was in Nairobi last week, I met up with this um same age as, as you and I, um from the US, but working for a startup in in Nairobi, and so they they went to Brown, but they started off on a medicine course and end up graduating with computer science, which is in my like for anyone in the UK, it's like how do you even do that? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that wouldn't be that. Well, that might be possible, but it would be like but you'd have to restart. And like for them, they yeah, have yeah, to, yeah, like yeah. you're allowed to have the flexibility to the yeah. point where which is which is cool because you're coming out like you said you you're a lot more holistic. You've got a very open mind, which I think is important in like yeah, I think yeah, 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 yeah. Like a lot of if you're narrow minded you are gonna you're gonna stay in one industry and hate it yeah you can't 
you can't you can't open your mind up to new new stuff yeah. so yeah no i think and that's um, why in, in if in the uk if you look at a lot of like people of our parents generations they just stayed in one company yeah, for like crazy. years i was like that is nuts like imagine spending 20 years at one company what? it's funny yeah. I, th- I guess if you look at a 50 year old's linkedin or cv and look at one of ours like oh um, like the difference in length like don't get me wrong they're probably they're probably smashed and everything but yeah been one or two companies and like obviously the career progression but that's it and I, if you look at someone from like our generation if they put a full cv it'd probably be five pages because of all the things that popped around and like look i i think that's another reason why people do it because they they want to find something they enjoy it's not like i'm just going to stay here because i know i'll get a salary and i'll get a career progression i don't think that satisfies our generation anymore like we need something yeah. a bit more tangible and like yeah and i think uh, like people just wanted well there are still people that are pretty deferential and kind of are happy to be in that corporate cog but like i think a lot of people want to be in the company that's like agile and like giving them responsibility quickly and like learn by doing kind of kind of approach rather than yeah, like yeah for sure modular stuff um yeah super interesting yeah no it's uh it's a cool topic but yeah i think yeah careers is always like an interesting like you'll talk to you can still talk to 10 people and get 10 different <laughs> opinions different perspectives yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is, this is an easier conversation because we're pretty aligned. Like we have, yeah, yeah, and we're just like, if you're not happy somewhere, just leave. Yeah, like for sure. just start, like kind of that get up and go mm. kind of thing. Um, which is which is not for everyone, but I think that's why this podcast is like easy, an easy episode for us to talk about because we're like, yeah, we yeah, think the same definitely. thing, so we just like bouncing off. What do you what do you want to do long term? Yep. Do you, do you, what do you what do you think about your long term? Um, I'm really like, yeah, I, I think I want to do agriculture or agricultural consulting or may like I, I was speaking to someone I met this week um, and their, their brother is on this World Bank program, uh, which sounds pretty cool. And it's really crazy because that morning I saw something on LinkedIn about this, whatever, World Bank program for, for young professionals. So, I mean, that's maybe something I want to do. I, I, I want something where I can travel and like I don't know sound cliche but obviously have an impact and learn um mm. because I, I I don't think I could stay sitting in one place at least for work um mm. yeah I think generally I know that those are the sectors I want to look at um but yeah I think um yeah I haven't got any I guess specific trajectory and if I were to go back into agriculture which I'm very keen on it wouldn't be to do with insects it would probably be like horticulture or Coffee, coffee would be mm. epic, but I just coffee know that market cool. is super yeah. saturated. But yeah, what about yeah. you? I think, uh, like, I, I love venture. I love backing founders and stuff. Um, I do want to work abroad at some point. I think long term, it, it like it would be great to like the dream for everyone in this space is to like I guess either like start their own company and grow it massively or start their own fund and have complete control. Um, that's a very long way away. It's like a pipe dream. But for now, I think kind of the base, the minimum is like, 
you know, engaging work, engaging founders, traveling, um, and like, you know, having that freedom to invest. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's what I'd say at the moment. Um, I think it would be cool, like a lot, like far down the line to have another conversation about what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing what changes. Yeah. I feel like a lot of stuff is going to change for us in the next year. So it'll be, Mm, mm -mm. have kind of a a touchback, but I need, I need to put these notes down. So I know that we touch back on, because I, I think we just get excited with every new episode that um, we sort of lose touch of what we've spoken about. And a lot of the stuff that we've spoken about, like, obviously some of it is, is quite jokes like fried chicken, but, I mean, yeah, other stuff yeah, like yeah. this is um, it's quite nice to uh, to reflect on. But um, yeah, I think that well, that closes up I, at least the um, the main part of the series one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Series one, and um, yeah, I guess well, to recap, we've had five episodes. So the first one we did, um, I guess an introduction to to both of us. Uh, I guess you would call it about us episode, and then we then changed up drastically and jumped into fried chicken and then changed up even more and run like went into running which was a very fun episode um i think we both thoroughly enjoyed that we hope you did too Mm. and we had sort of a catch-up episode which was very impromptu just to feel uh, like that episode was more for us yeah it was more just to it was That's like we were just gonna record our conversation and, um, yep. and put it out there um, exactly which is nice which is i guess yeah, the good yeah, thing yeah. about having flexibility and ownership of what we're yeah. doing right now yeah which yeah, is, yeah. Uh, cool and then now we're here talking about careers which ties up yeah like you said episode sorry series five ser- <laughs> god i'm all over series, the place. episode series five one. And series one yep there yeah, we yeah, go yeah. um but yeah well um i guess to keep you guys hooked and interested, Krish has a topic uh, that will really, I guess, um, characterize the next uh, season series we have. So I'll hand over to Krish to give us a, a very small, uh, small yeah. intro to so that. Yeah, we're, so we're going to, I think, well, we're going to talk about pressure um, and how we deal with pressure what what we consider like pressure situations um like our experiences of pressure and stuff um because I, I i was and because the reason i was thinking about it was because um there was a big boxing fight a couple of weeks ago um between alexander usik and anthony joshua and then Joshua lost, um, and he's like sort of the crown jewel of British boxing. Like he's everyone's favorite, like fighter, and like very popular and everything else. Um, not not everyone's, but a lot of people's favorite fighter. And he's like amassed this huge following, and you know he's very marketable and all the rest of it. Um, but after the fight, he just <laughs> lost it, and like you know went on this wild rant um, on a, on the mic and and sort of it was almost like the pressure just all became too much. And I think even some of his team said like, you know, he just, it just all became a lot. And like, he was just didn't know how to deal with it kind of thing. And this is how he chose to deal with it. So I thought, Oh, 
you know, although he's like a an elite athlete that's very much in the public eye and like pressure means something for him, like, you know, what does pressure mean for everyone else? And then, you know, you're at work and you see people in pressure situations and like, you know, for some people, pressure can be stepping out of the house with like, who have like social anxiety and stuff. And, you know, it's just an interesting topic to talk about, I think, especially like, you know, in the, in, in to, like today in the world we live in today, it's, it's an interesting one to explore. Um, so we'll be talking about that, which I think is going to be good. Yeah, that would be exciting. Um, yeah, and I think very relatable for different groups of people. So mm. looking mm. forward to that. Um, and yeah, I guess, well, first of all, thank you, Krish, for instigating this idea. And I'm glad we've seen it through to the first series, which is epic. First series. Um, Honestly, and each when, series, when it, each yeah. series will be five episodes, and it will just be a combination of fun topics, serious topics, maybe the odd catch up in each series. You mm-hmm. know that could be a thing. Um, and shall we recap? We we can see some of our listeners now. Um, yeah, how about you do a shout out we, to? Uh... Yeah, I, I, there's a few. So obviously. Kenya, we've got a few listeners in Nairobi. We have some listeners in Belgium. Yeah. Brussels, Belgium. The, that is pretty cool. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Um, we also have, we've got a listener, and I, I, I think it's one person in Ashburn in the United States. Um, this person has listened to every episode and they listen to it pretty much like as soon as it comes out which is pretty amazing um and ashburn is a town in virginia um according to wikipedia its population is forty three and a half thousand. so it's a small town in virginia i mean you know maybe one day navish and i will fly out to yep. to you because i mean that is pretty cool <laughs> we have a listener in Ashburn, Virginia, a town of 43,500 people. And How the hell did you find us? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is going on there? Um, we also have another listener in America, but we don't know the city. And that person's mm-hmm. listened to three. We've got a listener in Buckingham. They listened to one episode and clearly didn't like it um, in the United <laughs> Kingdom. And then we have a listener in Perth, Australia. I wonder who that is in Perth, Australia. I have no yeah, idea. Like um, that, I wonder. But why did you only listen to one episode? I think you should yeah. probably re-engage with some content. Um, man, woman, or other person in Perth. I have a feeling it's a young lady. Um, but I'm not sure. Um, but why have you only listened to one episode? young lady or oh, man tick tock tut tut tick tick tock tut tut but yeah to the to the to the fans in kenya belgium the us so nairobi brussels and big up ashburn we thank you and we will be back with series two very very soon bye thanks a lot guys mm-hmm.